Chapter Three of the British Army from Within by E. Charles Vivian. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Three: Officers and Noncoms. The higher ranks of officers have very little to do with the daily life of the soldier. Two or three times a year the general officer commanding the station comes round on a tour of inspection, while other general officers and inspecting officers pay visits at times. The highest rank, however, with which the soldier is brought in frequent contact is the commanding officer of his own regiment or battalion. This post is usually held by a lieutenant colonel as by the time an officer has attained to a full colonelcy he is either posted to the staff or passed out from the service to half pay under the age limit by the time a man has reached the rank of lieutenant colonel he is as a rule far more conversant with the ways and habits of the soldier than the soldier himself is willing to admit it would surprise men in the majority of cases if they could be made to realize how intimately the old man knows his regiment the old man is responsible for the efficiency of the regiment in every detail, since, as its head, he is responsible for the efficiency of the officers controlling the various departments. He is assisted in his work by the second-in-command, who is usually a major, and is not attached to any particular squadron or company, but is responsible for the internal working and domestic arrangements incidental to the life of his unit these two are assisted in their work by the adjutant a junior officer sometimes captain and sometimes lieutenant who holds his post for a stated term and during his adjutancy is expected to qualify fully in the headquarters staff work which the conduct of a military unit involves so far as commissioned officers are concerned these three form the headquarters staff it must not be overlooked however that the quartermaster who is either a lieutenant or a captain and has won his commission from the ranks in the majority of cases is also unattached to any particular squadron or company he is or should be under the control of the second-in-command since as his title indicates he is concerned with the quarters of the regiment and with all that pertains to its domestic economy he cannot however be regarded as a part of the headquarters staff his position is unique, somewhere between commissioned and non-commissioned rank, and it is very rarely that he is accorded the position of the officer who has come to the service through Sandhurst. The colonel and the second-in-command, as a rule, know their regiment thoroughly. They know the special weaknesses of the company or squadron officers. They are conversant with the virtues and the failings of Captain Blank and Lieutenant Dash they know all about the troubles in the married quarters and they are fully informed of the happenings in the sergeant's mess not that there is any system of espionage in the army but the man who reaches the rank of colonel is under the present conditions governing promotions keen-witted and in the dissemination of all kinds of news from matter for legitimate comment to rank scandal a military unit is about equivalent to a ladies sewing meeting the colonel and the second-in-command know all about things, because being observant men, they cannot help knowing. To each squadron of cavalry, battery of artillery, or company of infantry, is allotted a captain or major as officer commanding, and in the same way as a colonel is responsible for the efficiency of his regiment, so the captain or major is responsible for the efficiency of the squadron, battery, or company under his charge 
the squadron or company officer is usually not quite so conversant with the more intimate details of his work as is the lieutenant colonel for one thing he has not had so much experience for another he may not have the mental capacity required in a lieutenant colonel the squadron or company officer is usually a jolly good fellow mindful of discipline and careful of the comfort of his men but there are cases exceptions certainly of utter incompetency a battery officer on the other hand is of a different stamp of the three arms the artillery demands most in the way of efficiency and knowledge the mechanism of the guns creates an atmosphere in which officers study and train to a far greater extent than a cavalry and infantry officer the battery officer in nine cases out of ten is quite as competent to take charge of an artillery brigade as the cavalry or infantry lieutenant colonel is to take charge of his regiment or battalion next in order of rank are the lieutenants and subalterns youngsters learning the business the lieutenant having won his second star is a reasonable being the subaltern fresh from sandhurst or woolwich and oppressed by the weight of his own importance is occasionally too big for his boots a bumptious individual whom his superiors endeavour to restrain but whom his inferiors in rank must obey though they have little belief in his judgment or in his capability to command them intelligently this may appear harsh judgment on the subaltern but experience of things military confirms it sandhurst turns out its pupils in a raw state they have the theory of their work but just as it takes years to make a soldier so it takes years of actual military work to make an efficient officer and the trained man in the ranks generally views with extreme disfavour the introduction of a raw subaltern from sandhurst into the company or squadron to which he belongs though very often the young officer shapes to his work quickly wins the respect and confidence of his men and adds materially to the efficiency and well-being of his troop or section again a young officer may not be popular among his men in time of peace but may win all their respect and confidence on the field where values alter and are frequently reversed from peace equivalents lieutenants and subalterns are given charge of a troop in the cavalry a gun or section according to the number of young officers available in a battery and of a section of men in an infantry company nominally in command of their men they are in practice largely dependent on their senior non-commissioned officers for the efficiency of the men under their command an officer's real efficiency in peace service does not begin until he gets his company or squadron in other words until he is promoted to the rank of captain next in grade of rank to the commissioned officers stands the regimental sergeant major who is termed a warrant officer since the warrant which he holds in virtue of his rank distinguishes him from non-commissioned officers he has usually sixteen years or more of service he has even more knowledge of the ways of the regiment than the commanding officer himself and his place is with the headquarters staff while his duties lie in the supervision and control of the non-commissioned officers and their messes and training his position is peculiar the etiquette of the service prevents him from making close friends among non-commissioned officers while that same etiquette prevents commissioned officers from making a close friend of him the only non-commissioned officer who stands near him in rank is the quartermaster sergeant who is directly under the control of the quartermaster and is also a member of the headquarters staff 
from this point of rank downward the ways of the different arms of the service diverge in the infantry the chief non-commissioned officer of a company is the color sergeant who is responsible both for internal economy and efficiencies at drill in the cavalry and artillery the presence of horses and the far greater amount of equipment involved divide the work that is done in the infantry by the color sergeant into two parts in the cavalry each squadron and in the artillery each battery is controlled so far as drill and efficiency in the field is concerned by a squadron sergeant major and a battery sergeant major respectively while the domestic economy of the squadron or battery is managed by squadron quartermaster sergeant or battery quartermaster sergeant next in order of rank come the sergeants the non-commissioned equivalent to troop and section officers but of far more actual importance than these since parades frequently take place in the absence of the troop or section officer while the troop or section sergeant is at all times responsible to his superiors for the efficiency of his men the rank of sergeant is seldom attained in less than seven years and thus the man of three stripes whom kipling justly described in his famous phrase as the backbone of the army is a man of experience and fully entitled to his post next in order of rank to the sergeant is the corporal whose duties lie principally in the maintenance of barrack-room discipline though he is largely responsible for the training of squads and sections of men in field work often in the cavalry he is given charge of a troop temporarily and in the artillery though each gun is supposed to be in charge of a sergeant it happens at times that the corporal has charge of the gun the lowest rank of all is that of lance corporal aptly termed half of nothing men resent as a rule any assumption of authority by a lance corporal and yet the lance corporal has to exercise his authority at the risk of being told he was a private only five minutes ago bearing in mind the material from which the army is recruited it is not surprising that a large percentage of lance corporals having tried for themselves what non-commissioned rank feels like give it up and revert to the rank of private there are certain advantages in being a lance corporal there is a distinct advantage for instance in being in charge of the guard instead of having to do sentry go another advantage arises in the matter of fatigues the lance corporal so long as he behaves himself merely takes his turn on the roll after the full corporals in charge of a fatigue party he is a superintendent not a worker so far as fatigues are concerned the chief disadvantage consists in the way in which his former comrades regard him as one concerned in their training and discipline he is no longer to be considered as a comrade and equal by the privates in many infantry units lance corporals are definitely ordered not to fraternize with the men although they perforce sleep in the same rooms and share the same meals the sergeants of each unit taking the regiment or battalion as a unit have their own mess in the same way that the officers have theirs they take all their meals in the mess and they sleep in bunks their separateness from the rank and file is thus emphasized and their control over the men rendered more definite and easy by this separateness in each unit there is also established a corporal's mess but this is merely a recreation room in the same way that the canteen forms a recreation room for the privates corporals and lance corporals take their meals with the men and sleep in the same rooms as the men 
this especially in the case of lance corporals diminishes authority but at the same time it renders easier the maintenance of barrack room discipline and the control of barrack room life for which corporals and lance corporals are held responsible mainly in connection with the development of initiative which arose out of the experience gained from the south african war a system of understudies has been created among non-commissioned officers and senior privates each rank in turn is expected to be able to assume the duties of the rank immediately above it in case of necessity and all are trained to this end it may be remarked that certain certificates of education must be obtained by non-commissioned officers as soon as a lance corporal gets his stripe he is expected to go to a military school in the evenings until he has obtained a second-class certificate of education the qualifications for this being equivalent to those evidenced by the possession of an ordinary fourth standard school certificate the higher ranks of non-commissioned officers that is all above the rank of sergeant are expected to qualify for a first-class army certificate of education which is quite equivalent to an ex seventh standard council school certificate further every non-commissioned officer must obtain certificates of proficiency in drill and musketry showing that he is a capable instructor as well as fully conversant with drill on his own account the way to promotion is paved with certificates of various kinds there are courses in signaling scouting musketry drill and the hundred and one items of a soldier's work these courses qualify for instructorship and some of them are open only to non-commissioned officers the passing of such courses increases the efficiency of the non-commissioned officers concerned is evidence of fitness for further promotion and is rewarded accordingly technically speaking the post lance corporal is an appointment not a promotion and therefore the lance corporal can be deprived of his stripe on the word of his commanding officer with the exception of the rank of lance sergeant which admits a corporal to the sergeant's mess and takes him out of the barrack room without a corresponding increase of pay all ranks from corporal upward count as promotions and can only be reduced by way of punishment by the sentence of a court-martial a regimental court-martial which has power to reduce a corporal to the ranks and inflict certain limited punishments on a private is composed of three officers of the unit concerned a district court-martial with wider powers including the reduction of a sergeant to the ranks is composed of three officers the president must not in any case be below the rank of captain and usually is a major and he and the two junior officers who form the tribunal usually belong to other regiments than that of the accused military law differs in many respects from civil law there is of course no such thing as a trial by jury the adjutant of the regiment to which the accused belongs is always the nominal prosecutor but in actual practice the witnesses for the prosecution are of far more importance than is he evidence for the prosecution is taken first then the evidence for the defence the accused if he wishes can speak in his own defence if the court is satisfied of the innocence of the accused he is at once discharged if on the other hand there is any doubt of his innocence he is marched out while the court consider their finding and sentence and the latter is not announced until the two or three days necessary for confirmation of the proceedings by the general officer commanding the station have elapsed 
the promulgation of a court-martial sentence is an impressive ceremony the regiment or battalion to which the accused belongs is formed up to occupy three sides of a square facing inwards the accused under armed escort together with the regimental sergeant-major and the adjutant of the unit occupy the fourth side of the square and the adjutant reads a summary of the proceedings concluding with a recital of the sentence on the accused in the case of a private the ceremony is then at an end and the regiment is marched away while the accused returns to the guard-room under escort in the case of a non-commissioned officer the regimental sergeant-major formally cuts the stripes from off the arm of the accused it is to be hoped that in the near future this court-martial parade degrading to the accused man and not by any means an edifying spectacle for his comrades will be abolished for a record of the court-martial and of the punishment inflicted is always inserted in the regimental orders of the day fortunately however court-martials are infrequent occurrences and so far as the non-commissioned officer is concerned life is a fairly pleasant business there is plenty of hard work to keep him in good health but there are also many hours that can be spent in pleasant recreation and the man who takes his profession seriously may now hope to attain to higher rank promotions to commissions from the ranks have in the past been infrequent but the prospect is now much more hopeful and in any case the non-commissioned officer can look forward to a pension which will serve as a perpetual reminder that his time has not been wasted End of chapter three